This week in league, George Rose signs a lucrative deal with the Storm for an undisclosed amount of cash and a boat full of zinger pies. Who knew Daniel Wagon was still a thing? Todd Greenberg keeps covering shit up like a pro. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Plus we preview all of the action for week three of the final series. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 139 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, a feedback uh, over the last week. We had uh, Unky D at Unky D on Twitter, aka uh, Guantanamo Hogan. On account um, of his tiny, tiny biceps. As Now, as a, as a precursor to explain this, um, obviously Manly were playing on the weekend because um, you know one of the teams is still alive. Fantastic. <laughs> it's a beautiful fucking thing. But uh, Peter Hiku was playing as well, and um, and the Hiku Haiku thing is just like it's just something that you fucking it's captured your imagination. It really hasn't. You, you, you really, I have not imagined you really a Haiku not even once. You really love it, and I saw a lot of people doing them um, while the Manly game was on, and so I'm like made sure at halftime or whatever I just got out on, on on the this week in league Twitter account and said, look. Fucking send them through because Glenn loves them. Yeah, no, and, they're uh, magnificent. So Guantanamo Hogan, okay. Uh, it's at- basically in like people shouldn't go to all the trouble of <laughs> like doing a haiku. <laughs> Just like put on a piece of paper saying you know holding up instead of doing a haiku. Yeah. Like Unky D could just hold up a sign saying Dennis is a fuckwit. Means the same thing. Prepare to be won over by Nigel the is a, Nigel. Hold up a sign saying Nigel is a cockhead. Prepare to be won over by the art form, motherfucker. Unky D sends us through. He'll love this one then. Down, down, tigers are down. Spoon the only place for the tigers to decline. <laughs> so it's got nothing to fucking... It's not Hiku Haiku in any way, shape or form. <laughs> but um, you got the format right anyway. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and he's got hash Hiku Haiku and then uh, hash tigers and decline. And that's that one just sort of sits aside because um, that one's especially for you. And uh, there's other ones obviously game related coming up though. Um, I'm going to go out to Italy and find the person that invented haikus and fucking shoot him in the head. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at Evil Conspiracy. I fucking love this tweet. I love when people bring up old shit. Twill, episode 25. <laughs> So we're going back to, you know, three quarters of the way through the first season, two thirds of the way through the first season. So back in 2010, 2009 season. Fuck, how about this, how about this guy's commitment? Yeah. So he's gone back. Episode he's 25. Way back. Topic. Justin Horro. Glenn. He's going to be a great player for Para. Nate. Yeah, then we'll sign him to Manly. Ash Profit. <laughs> Legendary. I love that shit. I love it when those things come back and not the really fucking wrong ones. <laughs> I was listening. Um, I had my iPhone on shuffle, or iPod rather, or through the phone, obviously. Um, and somehow, some way, yeah. I must have an old episode in there. It happens to mine too when I Bluetooth it to the. And uh, it was episode three. Fucking hell, that's going way back. I don't even sound like myself. Yeah. This this show it's matured me. I'm like like blue cheese or not the, fine not the, wine. It's not the it's not the production value that's increased over time. Nah, nah, it's got nothing to do with that. Um, it's just it's matured me. There's a certain uh, experience. There's a certain expertise in my voice these days that wasn't there in episode three. The, a lack of 
Some would say I sounded like a complete and utter fuckhead back in episode three, but now... A complete complete loss of hope and realism has entered your voice. (laughs) And resignation to the reality. Back then you were young and fucking Lottie Dekiri just lobbed up and he was going to get a hat-trick in every game. He was going to be the revelation of the season. Now he's playing for for Leinster seconds. There was no no asterisk when you were were calling Uh, undefeated premiers. No one even knew what an asterisk was. Back then, <laughs> no know, the, one knew what a tiger. No, the tigers weren't declining. That was a, that was that, that that hashtag was wasn't even a twinkle in my eye back then. I hadn't even I hadn't. Do you know what? I hadn't even formulated provoked the choke. That's no. how long ago that was. And that was the tigers in decline before the tigers started declining. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I, I tell you, I, I like this mature me. <laughs> I like the more mature, experienced. But wouldn't you like to be back like back then? We're like. You're full of hope and, you know, the Tigers are going to win the Premiership. Lottie. No, because I've already been through all the bullshit I've been through since then. I wouldn't <laughs> want to go back there and do it all again. But, you know, you wouldn't know that that was going to happen. No, so, but I know so that before... it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Banda Roja. Uh, at what? B-A-N-D-A-R-O-J-A. On Twitter. It's very exotic. I gave, it, I gave it the full pronunciation Dennis there. Valente. He said, uh, I thought this week in league would be interested to know that Lottie Takiri lasted 30 minutes in his Leinster debut. Hash <laughs> ex-Tiger in Did he get hurt? No word on that. Just that he lasted 30 minutes. So I, I would suspect that means he broke his arm. <laughs> Fuck, that's don't generally, say that. That's, that's generally what happens, isn't it? Well, he's, he's, got, a, he's got form. You know, Dugan gets boils. Body breaks arms. Brett Stewart destroys knees. You know, everyone's got their signature injury, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and then we've got, uh, finally, um, at Cattle Dog Blue. He said, did you see the guy in The Australian who had Robbie's autograph tattooed on his arm? Yes, I did see that. Oh, God, I wasn't sure if you'd seen it, so I actually put the screenshot in here so you can see it. Um, what's know. he got? What's in the background there? He's got jerseys he's got, he's got a Marathon frame jersey. He's got a team list down there. That's, that that's a, a fucking Sydney Tigers one. This is uh, from the Sheds. Down here, and he's got like a team photo down That's here. That's like Sydney Tigers, so he's obviously a Bell main guy. Yeah. Well, so there um, you go. I love Robbie. I don't know that I'd get any player or any fucking celebrities. Maybe Adam Duritz. And it's on his forearm. Yeah. As well. So it's, it's like, you know, you get the unemployable status there. Oh, well, it's not legible, so you could pass it off as anything. Oh, yeah, I was just fucking about and put a Sharpie on my arm before the job interview, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> I was just scribbling my arm. Oh, it's you know you could say it's my uh, long lost cousin Dennis Valente's signature. He's dead. Actually, he's not dead. I wish he was dead. <laughs> and I just got his signature tattooed on me, so when I need to forge it down the track. So yeah. So he's, anyway, he's at this, he's at this sports like this sportsman's luncheon. The guy said told him he's going to get his arm, he's going to get his arm tattooed. So you know, so Robbie's like, okay, I'm, you know, taking better care with my you know my signature on this guy's arm because he just he's told me he's going to get it tattooed. So then he races out, gets it tattooed, comes back, and he's like, here we go, I've, tat- I've got it tattooed. Holy fuck! So, and then so Robbie, so Robbie's tweeted the picture and gone. Fucking yeah, and he's tweeted it out saying like, you know, this guy signed a fan's arm. He comes back half an hour later, he's gone, and got it tattooed on. That's magnificent. So, I mean, kudos to the guy for his commitment. I mean, I've got a, I've got yeah. a Tigers tattoo, but uh, not a not an individual player's. But it's not like a logo tattoo either. I mean, it's like a. It's not the whole logo. No, it's the like, head of the logo. Yeah, it's like yeah. So anyway, um, he couldn't go the claws. I didn't think the claws. I thought they looked a little bit cartoonish for me on my back. 
Just sort of go the head, dress it up a little bit. Why don't you just go, well, we just go for like accuracy, like thing around it as well, uh, you know, the be, name. and be independent. The, I guess you've got to account for, you know, you would have been burned. I mean, you know, they, they merged yeah, with someone I mean, else. They and they again. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Nathan. Perth Tigers. I mean, then you'd be stuck with West and you go, and, you, and then people would be going, ha, it says West Tigers and it's Perth Tigers. And you go, well, Perth is that West fucking cunt, shut up. Oh, that's like fucking Jared Samet's tattoo. They just spelled it wrong. <laughs> I did so, find an awesome magpie that uh, I'm sort of thinking of incorporating into my uh, fucking much overdue tribute piece to the old boy. Yeah. But, Hmm. All right. Um, and apparently the wife didn't hit the roof. She was hardly surprised because this guy, whose name is um, Adam King, not Wayne, said uh, <laughs> he's got a tiger's room at his house and his kids' middle names are Peyton, as in Todd, and Benji, as in Marshall. Oh, I can understand Benji. Why the fuck would you put name your kid after Todd Peyton? Oh, no, or said, even uh, their middle name. And he said, I have an orange car and I travel to Sydney most weekends to watch them play. Robbie's my fave player, even more so now. What a f- that guy's a legend. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, did you ever hear the story about... I read an interview with Kobe Bryant. No. And um, I haven't heard the story. No, I'll, I'll get to it. And you Is it the one where he raped the chicken in Colorado? No, nothing That's pretty to that. story. Um, okay. But yeah, this reporter that works for ESPN spent the day with him. Yep. And um, he was out flying along the freeway in uh, Kobe's Ferrari or yellow Ferrari. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a Ferrari or a Lambo. And um, they're sort of chatting away and he said, um, you know, obviously you get a lot of crazies and people are noticing the car then they yep. notice it's Kobe and fans, you know, yep. anyone that could keep up with him. Um, well, I guess it's LA traffic, so there was probably people yeah. everywhere. Um, Snails were going past Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Said, you know, what's uh, you obviously get a lot of crazies. Yep. Like, there's a lot of fucking people. What's the worst? And he said, oh, a guy come up to me once. Um, I was, you know, at a function or something, and a guy come up in a Lakers jersey, and he had replicated all my tattoos on oh. every single one of his tattoos he'd copied, Jeez. even his kids' names and <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, he said, what? he goes, did that creep you out? And he said, it kind of did, and it kind of made me make sure the secure my security guys obviously he has his own yeah. bodyguards and that made made sure that uh, they got the guy's social security number and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's been a fan. I mean, but <laughs> having That's Kobe's kids' great. names tattooed, it's creepy. That shit is crazy. Um, <clears throat> Facebook. Brendan Kelly said, uh, watching League on live stream, chugging down Asahi's and then getting my dose of Twill is how I live my days in Tokyo this time of year. Watching the Roosters-Eagles match confirmed to me that it is my fairy tale grand final. Two brutal teams both disrespect the refs as much as they hate the Rabbitohs. Now, that would be a grand final for the ages. Find that I agree. It'd be sensational. And I think we'll probably see it, hopefully. Although, West Tigers Manly grand final. Could you imagine? Fuck, that'd be one for the ages. Fuck. Two men enter, one man leaves. Yeah, manly, manly would win it pretty easily. Though. That's a sorry, manly would win it pretty easily. Though. That's the beautiful thing about it. Oh, look, you can say that now, and it's, it's hard for me to argue at the moment. Um, <laughs> That's but, <bad>. don't. <laughs> but oh, f- fuck, <laughs> fuck, imagine that. We do, we may never, we might never speak again. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> the hatred, and it's funny this time. This time out, I don't, I don't really feel any any hatred much towards East at all. Fucking hate Souths like you wouldn't believe. I mean, like, if we can get past them, though, I think it'd be quite fucking, quite cordial grand final, I have to say. And when you think of, like, Rick and some of these other fucking cockhead Roosters fans, yeah. their team's actually, 
overshadow the fact that they're such a good team and quite frankly it's got Sonny Bill in it um, but it overshadows some of their gronkishness you know they're <laughs> actually they're actually being quite uh, this the thing they don't they don't really they don't really arc up on Manly either they, I mean they're just like at South day in day out all day every day South yeah, South South all hate all day all hate all day exactly what is it <clears throat> I personally I don't have a hatred towards South I, I actually think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if South would win the comp. Fuck that I'd shit. probably prefer Manly to see Manly win for you. Yeah. Um. And I probably I think if Manly can get past this weekend, I think they will win the comp. But I just I don't have the whole I hate South thing. I don't. I don't right. get it. If South if South win the competition, I will fucking stop watching rugby league. Dead set. And and it's not even like and like they, they went through that stage where right, like every every club right has its element of gronkish fans yeah like there's fucking countless manly ones I could rattle off twenty fucking names it's countless because there's zero fucking can't count please <laughs> there's nothing to count I could give you twenty off <laughs> that I've met personally and have yeah. distrib- d- displayed those exact traits to me <laughs> personally so. Every every club has that element. Yeah. And Roosters are no different. Tigers, I mean, there's very few, but there's some. Oh, there's a enough. couple. <laughs> um, but, fuck, there's every... You know, South have their fans just like you and me, passionate people that are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't dispute that. Upstanding members of society, complete and utter gentlemen, much like myself. Yeah, I wouldn't go that, so that far as that. I mean, about their club. I'd prefer them to be employed if I was going to start calling them upstanding <laughs> members of society. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Metho isn't even an aperitif either, just quietly. Beg your pardon? Any drink you buy at a hardware store is not a drink. It's not for human <laughs> consumption, right? If you get your favourite tipple oh, from Bunnings... Such a fucking troll. <laughs> if you get your tip, favourite tipple from Bunnings, I've got to give you the fucking heads up. It's not meant to be for human consumption, right? <laughs> I just... I don't get it. Feel free to hate whoever you want. I don't really give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's not... I, it's don't not I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily hate uh, any South fans. Well, many. Mm. I don't think I hate any. That's not a fan thing. It's the club. It's the team. It's the sucking. Fucking let us back in, cunts. Let us back in the comp. And then they did. For what? <laughs> For what? For the bird eye. You had to fucking go. You had to go without your team. Breeding. Your team's gone. You know, potentially forever unless Balmain ran out of money. And then they come back. Yeah, but... The Steelers. Oh, see, I never They got had, fucking ass raped. Who cares about fucking Steelers? What did they ever do? I don't anyway? care about Steelers, but I'm sure there's fucking Steelers fans that do. Really? Well, Let's poor, hear from... If there's anyone listening to this show that was a Steelers fan, hit us up. Well, poor old Bears. Fuck the Bears. Fucking dead. Dead side. <sighs> but South have a sook and got themselves back in there. My, uh... And now the referees... Did, have I ever told you a story about Uncle Bob? Not my real uncle. <sighs> Told you a story about Uncle Kev, who's not my real Oh, uncle. okay. Okay, it was Uncle Kev. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, but it's Uncle, uncle Kev. Kev. Okay. Uncle Bob. So he's not drinking in the outer? No. Okay. Uncle Bob uh, was the most passionate North Sydney Bears fan. Spent many a game at North Sydney Oval with him, watching the Magpies take on the Bears over the years. Yep. And uh, he was, I saw him at... Uh, I hadn't obviously seen him for years, and then uh, Dad's funeral, he just rocked up unannounced. I yep. don't know who contacted him or whatever, but he rocked up. And uh, I sat there having a couple of quiet drinks with him, and he said, oh, look, 
I don't follow rugby league as closely as I used to, since the Bears are no more. He has a sort of broke my heart. Broke my heart. He goes, I've got a soft spot for the Tigers for your, for your old man and you. And uh, I always think about the Magpies, you know. And and that was when there was a lot of noise about Central Coast coming in. Yep. And I said, look, mate, if the Central Coast ever get back in, I'll look you up and I'll, we'll come, I'll go to the game with you. If the Central Coast ever... Oh, it's coming coming back as the Bears. Yeah, if they yeah, come yeah. in as the Bears, because I would imagine that <clears throat> yeah. he, he will probably tag himself along with them. Made a little bit of a... But, you know, is that really going to happen? Am no. I going to find Uncle Bob's number? Where the fuck's Uncle Bob live now? I don't know. No. How the fuck am I going to find Uncle Bob? Exactly. I was just thinking about this the other day. You'd have to rock up to the fucking opening game of the season and just like, <laughs> look around, just walk around all the sections and just be like, Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. I mean, everyone, the name Bob in the crowd is going to turn around. Who is that guy? Who's yeah, that bald exactly, idiot? Exactly. I really should have planned that better. Yeah, you should have. But anyway, Central Coast is not coming. But it was nice to say, and it made him feel good at the time. It did. It, it made I mean, you feel I good. I walked away you... <laughs> fuck, that guy thinks Central Coast is getting in. Dad, if, he, if Dad was here, oh, how we'd laugh. Uncle Bob, he was always a bit silly. Sucker. <laughs> um, and we had uh, Matt Landrigan say... Um, Good to see the drug cheats bundled out. Bit of luck, Asada will do their job and, and their job, and that will be the last time I have to look at that whinging shit cunt gallon. Wow. He went there. He really did. Fucking boom. <laughs> I expected more to come from this Asada thing. Well, so far. I mean, you know, it's going to happen over the off-season. Stuff will happen. Well, um, it's going to... You know, well, you'd think so. Something has to happen, sure. I mean, if if Shandor Oil... We said it before. If Shandor Oil is the... Is the uh, the shining light of their uh, investigation and the biggest scalp. It's, it's been a waste of time. Problem Everybody's is, time and money. Probably is that little motherfucker snitching. He's naming names. Yeah. You know what they say? Snitches get stitches. That's that what they say. It? What did Carmelo Anthony say in his little snitches ad? Oh, fucked if I know. Do you remember that? No, not no. at all. Snitches. Don't be snitching. I don't know what the fuck it was. I can't remember. What was the advertising? Snickers. No, no, he, it was some <laughs> video about uh, the Mean Streets of Baltimore. Like that, a PSA? No, no, that he, he filmed with the, his crew okay. from Baltimore okay. and something about fucking, you know, similar sort of context in the yeah. fact that don't be snitching or you'll yeah. fucking end up with a bullet up yeah. the ass or something along those lines. Okay. Maybe cool. not as graphic as that. So, Shandor Oil, bullet up the ass. Expect it. <laughs> Just another prophecy from this show, and they always come true. So, uh, like Savile in a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> you want to sit on a bin lin chandor just in case. News, okay. Um, story happened kind of late last week. Um, after the show went to air, the cover-up continues. The recently appointed head of football, Todd Greenberg, and the Canterbury Bulldogs have been cleared of any wrongdoing in relation to allegations of domestic violence against Ben Barber early this year. Greenberg and the club he served as chief executive before being headhunted by NRL chief executive Dave Smith were being investigated by the Codes Integrity Unit. The probe came after a newspaper published pictures of Barber's ex-partner, Ainsley Curry, with a cut to her face, prompting claims of a cover-up by the club for failing to inform the NRL about the incident. However, Tony Bannon, SC, 
which I believe stands for shit cunt, who produced the report said there was no case to answer. Bannon compiled his investigation based on first-hand interviews and assessment of documented records, a review of media allegations, and a review of the legal responsibilities facing the Bulldogs. I have completed my report, and on present information, there is no basis for the NRL acting against the club or against Ben Barber, Bannon said. He found that based on the facts at hand, the club was not in a position to establish an act of domestic violence. And I can go blah, 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 but this is fucking bullshit, quite frankly. I just, I wonder how extensive the investigation was. Sounds like they just said, uh, they went, went to old... Hey, old, Todd, old, do you know anything about this? Nah. No. Righto, then. Nothing to answer. All above board? Yeah, mate. Of course, mate. Of course. I'm, I'm Todd fucking, fucking Greenberg. I'm the best operator in the game. The fuck am I going to do? <laughs> you can't touch me. King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> so That's from training day. Oh, hey, there you go. Look at that. You got one? Yep. <sighs> Had to happen. Had to happen. Hang on, just give me a moment just to bask in that. Because <laughs> that's not that's not the most well-renowned of movies. No, well, you know, I mean, he won Best Actor Oscar for it and everything, but yeah, it's a pretty, pretty low-key movie. But really? I mean, it's not, it's not Titanic. <laughs> yeah, I can't give you any quotes out of Titanic. Really? My heart will go on. Is now. there any quotable fucking lines in that movie? I don't know, something about Kate Winslet getting her boobs out. Yeah, she gets her boobs out, he sketches her boobs, fucking in the car, steamy windows. My heart will get Iceberg on Iceberg, sinks, and she's like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you motherfucker, <laughs> this raft is mine, and he slips off, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Frosty <laughs> turns into an ice block and she fucking pushes him off and then down to the bottom of the fucking Atlantic or wherever he goes. Fuck, they spent a hundred million on that. Yeah, the chicks loved it though. They did. That movie was a fucking leg opener. <laughs> but no quotable lines unfortunately <laughs> no quotable lines that's the most quotable line you're going to get in relation to Titanic I believe I've, 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 I heard that line I think it was a maybe Variety magazine I think it was a tagline on the poster for the movie <laughs> a real leg open of five stars <laughs> if, if Howard Stern was doing movie reviews <laughs> uh, George Rose how do we get here I don't know. I don't understand what's going on tonight. We haven't even drunk alcohol. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't know. Melbourne Storm has bolstered its forward pack for 2014 with the signing of Manly prop George Rose. It signed a whole forward pack. <laughs> exactly. Um, Frank, uh, I believe his name's pronounced uh, Penisy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a can't be we're really delighted George Simon at the club and he'll add great depth to our forward pack that's the uh, of course our football manager Frank Penisey said uh, we, oh. we respect that Manly's heading into a preliminary final this week and look forward to welcoming George to the club after the grand final um, of course he was looking for a new home Manly said that he was uh, you know they weren't willing to offer him a new deal. Uh, he was apparently courted by numerous clubs who aren't named in this article, but uh, he's got one-year deal with Storm. One year, I mean, you'd think that would probably, given his age, I mean, he's still not, you know, he's not old, he's only like 30, so you would think that one year, if he performs, you know, to Bellamy's liking, you think that would probably extend, you know, to a couple generally of years. generally how they roll, eh? It's strange if one year straight up, given his age, and the fact they know what they're getting, like, you know, like a lazy trainer. You know, I don't know, maybe... Body shape. But I mean, they can make Brian Norrie into a tr- into a player, so I I wouldn't be surprised if uh, 
I Put guess way, maybe no. the ultimatum was given to him that if he goes to a club like the Storm, then he does have to hook in. And maybe he's got certain criteria he has oh, to meet. He, he, he had the same criteria here at Manly and he elected not That's to. That's he played a fuckload of reserve grade. Yeah, oh well, yeah, exactly. And he only got through, you know, based on injury too. Mm. Or like in long-term suspension to Faoso and, and a season and injury to Jason King. And even then, he's, you know, like Benchy. So, you know, put it this way. The, the Storm are, are swapping Jason Riles out. And uh, they're getting Georgie Rose. They're trading up. As far and as massive, tra- massive trade up. I mean, George, George doesn't fucking drop the ball much. Doesn't give away penalties mm. really at all. So He's, um, for what they'd gain just in uh, the lack of ruck penalties. Exactly. He's, it's worthwhile. Whatever they're paying him, it's worth it. If they had him this year, they might have actually even been moving through into the next round. <laughs> quite frankly, um, and it was a bit of more player movement this week. Uh, Mango, Matt Bowen. <laughs> You don't know what that is, do you? That's no. another referential retard. Beautiful people know that, what I'm saying. That's not in training, though, is it? No. Right. No, it's not. Or, or Titanic. <laughs> or Titanic, right. It's not a leg opener, that one. No. Uh, Matt Bowen will extend his career in Super League next season after signing a one-year deal with Wigan. Uh, they signed him on, uh, what, Tuesday morning, so this morning our time is pretty fresh. Uh, they saw, they've signed him for 2014 and a further option to play in 2015. Uh, brought in as a direct replacement for Sam Tompkins, who we'll get to next. He signed with the Warriors, though. Um, and they're saying that, uh, that ever since Bowen was cut from the Cowboys late last night, there was speculation around moved to England. And we we weren't speculating, Wigan, were we? Like, back... You know, no. a couple of months ago, I think it was you know, somewhere else. Um, he's insisted he'd never play for any other NRL club. He'd been tossing up whether to head overseas or accept an office job with the Cowboys. Uh, the switch to Wigan opened up a whole new chapter in his playing career, which began with North Queensland in 2001. Uh, he said, when I learned of Wigan's interest, it was an easy decision to make. I feel I still have a lot to offer as a player and competing in England is a new, exciting challenge for me. I did have options at North Queensland and will no doubt return there in some capacity in the future. But right now, joining the Warriors is the right decision for me and my career and I can't wait to meet up with my new teammates. So um, he's also keen to develop develop the club's young stars, a prospect embraced by Chairman Ian Lennigan. It's a great opportunity for the likes of Ryan Hampshire and Lewis Tierney to continue their learning under one of the best fullbacks of the game. Matthews played at the very highest level for his club in state of origin and for his country and is a marquee signing for us. So um, he played 270 games for the Cowboys, which is the game record holder for the club and one of only four life members of the club, uh, in addition to his rep stuff, where he's uh, one test for Australia and uh, 10 origin matches. Based on the way he um, he played this season and given his troubles uh, that he's had with injury over the years, um, he really played some great footy this season. When and, he came back from injury, he was very good. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, A, the cash that he'll get there yep. is, is going to help um, and would have made his decision fairly easily, easy, but um, I reckon he'll go all right. He'll carve up over there because it's fucking ESL. If if Jamie Soward, I mean, Jamie Soward was a match winner on at least two games. Matt Bowen, Man of Steel, heard it here first. Yep, Man of Steel, twenty fourteen. Mm. Put your fucking house on that it. That motherfucker that was listening to episode twenty five. By the time he gets through and listens to this episode, maybe I'll be the prophet. Maybe. Maybe you will be. Um, and then we're talking about Sam Tompkins there, obviously, uh, you know, opening up the position for uh, for Bowen to move into. And uh, he's going to the Warriors, and they are saying it is a world record transfer fees. The Warriors have played have paid Wigan a transfer fee thought to be about £700,000. Fucking what? Australian $1.2 million for a three-year deal. It is thought the 24-year-old fullback will be the highest-paid English player in the game with a salary near £400,000, which is uh, $685,000. So he's so, on T-Rex money. 
Mark, how does that work? So they've paid seven hundred thousand pounds. Is that a transfer fee? Here. That's like a once-off thing, yeah. How does that work under the salary cap? Uh, I don't know. Um, basically, they're saying as part of the deal, Wigan also have secured the right to re-sign Tompkins when he completes his commitments in Auckland. And the player says he has no intention of playing for another Super League club. Um, he said the time was right to make a move to the NRL, joining the likes of Sam Burgess and James Graham as current England internationals to have made the switch. And he said, uh, it's something I'm glad to get out. Uh, for me, this is about taking another step up in my career by testing myself in the NRL. It's always been a goal of mine, and now it's going to happen. He spoke to a few NRL clubs, but the Warriors struck him as a club that he had a lot of similarities to Wigan. So uh, Matt Elliott said Tompkins would be a huge boost to the team. Sam's an exciting addition to our squad, a world-class player who supports the direction we want to go in with this club. And... Uh, yeah, and his uh, coach, Sh- uh, Sean Wayne from Wigan, said uh, New Zealand Warriors have got a great player and a real good guy off the field. He's very honest and forthright with his views. He'll drive the culture over there and be uh, they'll benefit from having Sam Tompkins in their team. I, I still don't get how that works under the salary cap. I mean, I'm interested to see how he goes. And um, I mean, he's obviously done very well in England. Internationally, not so much. Yep. But um, I'm interested to see how he goes at the Warriors. He probably... Fits their style of play, Yep. I guess. Um, but how the fuck they paid a £700,000 transfer fee. And, and how that works if it is actually something that has to be And they're the paying cap. him fucking six hundred grand a year. Yeah. What? Bit of a chunk. Very interesting. So where does that leave Kevin Locke, Bulldogs? Dogs, I would say. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It's probably That's seems been logical. The talk. Yep, that's all the talk. So unlucky for Kevin Locke, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm not sure Kevin Locke is. Um, I don't know. He's not a Ben Barber. He's not that style. I well, know. He probably treats his ladies right. <laughs> yeah, on the field, he's not a Ben Barber. <laughs> All right. Um, Twitter goodness this week. Twitter uh, had to be goodness. Um, and I think the MVP has to be Daniel Wagon. He um, took took to Twitter during the Manly Cronulla game, or shortly after it, and. Um, he says it wasn't, but uh, you know, it looks. It sounds like it was pretty uh, directed at Paul Gallen when he posted. This is about the time where Gallen had a uh, post-match uh, interview on the side of the field, and um, he said, uh, "Fucking Roy Muncher always has an excuse." <laughs> so a story has been concocted since then um, oh, by, by his former Eels teammate Adrian Rainey, who was done for steroids during his time at the Magpies. And he's basically said he was talking about me. You know, we were having some banter. And uh, I was having fun with Wagon. Wagon and I played at Parramatta together and we have a friendship. And um, and Wagon, when someone on Twitter said, you know, you, clearly you meant Gallon. And he said, I would never accuse such a talented footballer. Are you fucking serious? But to his credit, he didn't delete the tweets or anything either. So I'll give him that. But still, fucking the excuses. And the yeah. lame-ass stories... Yeah. That fuckheads come up with. I've pasted some absolutely retarded stuff on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Not once have I blamed it on Jackson. No. Not once have I said, oh, Nicklin's got hold of my Twitter account again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. you got to own that shit. Yeah, what? And really, what the fuck has Daniel Wagon got to lose? <laughs> exactly. He's living in France. No one even knew he was still alive before that tweet. Exactly. He's no like, yeah. Didn't. Fuck yeah, I was talking about Gallon. What are you going to do with it? Come and see me in the off-season. Oh, no, yeah. you'll be in Bali. That's right. Or somewhere else. I'm over here in France doing yeah. fuck knows what yeah. because no one cares. Exactly. Just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> follow me on Twitter. I'm a riot. <laughs> and then we had another one with Dugan. 
And we'll preface the Dugan stuff. Shilo had, a, had an interview with the Daily Telegraph on Thursday last week, and it was like an unauthorized one by the club, and he ended up getting undisclosed amount of fine out of doing this interview. But he said something in here like, uh, I think more and more players are thinking they're bigger than the club, bigger than the team. If a player mucks up and you don't drop him from the team or have serious ramifications and consequences because you're worried they might leave the club or you're worried that they might not win the game next week or you've got a contract negotiation, they might flick it and walk away. That's when you create the devil in players and make them think they're bigger than the club. I think we saw that at Canberra this year with a few of the younger players coming through. The increased exposure in the media, they're full-on superstars, they're bigger than they used to be. And uh, Josh Dugan replied on Twitter, I think Shillington forgets he went DUI twice, LOL. And then he went on to imply that he, you know, got certain favours to get in the Australian side. And he's like, yeah, well done, mate. Look, A, I, I don't begrudge... First of all, let's address Shillington. I don't begrudge him speaking his mind. But speaking his mind to media, for with everything that Canberra's been th- had to yeah. put up with, lost their coach, um, Dugan, Ferguson, all the bullshit. This is so the least of their fucking problems. Oh, exactly right. And there's real talk too from Shillow Pillow. I don't... I, I, I don't... It's Pillow talk. He should start a shop. <laughs> <laughs> where, where he sells real talk. <laughs> really comfortable real talk. <laughs> In the season's fashionable colours. Um, look, I don't begrudge him, him speaking his mind. I just think it was a little bit ill-advised um, to publicly... Um, say such a thing about the coach in particular, mm-hmm. and um, and just let bygone. You know, as far as Dugan and that, but fair enough. But yeah. everyone has their crosses to bear, and he's obviously got his share of skeletons in the closet. I don't want to. I don't know what favours Dugan was referring to about yeah. him getting his. You know, maybe maybe there was some A bit of BJ Lalua going on. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to say that. <laughs> want, I'm, I'm just saying there's some favours that have gone on, according to Josh Dugan, and he's a man in the know. Yeah. What did Shiloh get up to? The thing is, with the yeah, you know, finding a player for dispensing the real talk like this, I think it was actually refreshing in this age of sanitised fucking players that he actually he wasn't like disrespectful about anything. He was just honest and dispensing some real talk, and that's the reason why we don't get players on this show because. How many times do people want to hear the story of I fucking played under sevens, played under under nines, played fucking under sixteens, I was good at football, got scouted by a club, went I to play in a club, play went, football. went through the junior system, cracked first grade. But the just, fucking story is always the same. Just wanted to play football. Yeah. The story's always the same. Mm. What you wanted not- to hear is I grew up on the mean streets of Queen Eds. Eds. <laughs> the mean streets of Eds. Went to John Warby public school uh, had a winning record in my time with the Magpies three wins 48 losses how is that a winning record <laughs> a, 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 a record then you know I mean? like a record of wins <laughs> some sort no, of I, don't, record I don't mean a winning to... record as in more wins than losses I mean the... <laughs> my criminal record was more impressive than my winning record during my time with the Magpies <laughs> exactly yeah, let's get Trevor Cogger on this fucking show <laughs> see that see he'd be, yeah, and you know what did you see the real talk from Choppy through the week 
Yes. Choppy drop from fucking Real Talk. And I forgot to actually put it down in here. I just reminded myself of it then. But um, good on Choppy for fucking dispensing. Trevor Cogger is a motherfucking Chuck Norris of rugby league. You know the, you know, you know these guys from you know from from the harder eras of the game who are disillusioned with the current state of the game. Mm. They'll drop the Real Talk, and there's no fucking the NRL. Or no, there's no clubs. There's no, no sanctions that they can. The fuck's the NRL going to do to Trevor Cogger? Exactly. Take out his golden testicles. He'll take sit the whole, on their fucking forehead is what he'll do. He'll bring a whole fucking organisation down. Just with a look. Exactly. And just unbuttoning the first, the top two buttons of his shirt. Okay, now it's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> Showing he's glistening. Trevor Coggin not even Polynesian, man. What the fuck? <laughs> Golden brown locks of chest hair. So yeah, in, glistening in the sun. So in conclusion, Josh Dugan, just fucking stay off Twitter, dude. Fuck's sake. Dude, just cancel you. You're obviously an addict of social media because, <laughs> let's face it, it's cost you so fucking much that just refrain. Well, has it really cost him? Oh, is he on when more money now than he was? Oath. Yeah? Yeah. He's on much more money than Dragons. He's on George Illawarra Dragons, Nathan. Yeah, but is that They what? haven't got any good players. He's the only one they've got. So they're fucking... <laughs> yeah, that's true. They robbed 18 banks to pay him. <laughs> and they're sponsored by a motherfucking bank. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So how they've all, you know, that's cap, that's cap issues right there. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> we'll give you a job at the bank, a job in quotes. And, uh, you know, your job is to clean out the vault and put it into your account. <laughs> and if you find anything lying in the vault, you know, it's like our finders keepers thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shut up, Dugan. Fuck's sake. Daniel Wagon, keep going though. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> Daniel, just, Daniel Wagon. Daniel, Daniel Wagon, drink more and, uh, and get on social media and uh, fucking go hard, son, because uh, I want to see what else you got. Recaps for uh, round uh, two of the finals and oh majestic game that first kicked off on Friday night. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles 24 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 18 at the SFS. Crowd about 23,500 and the Sea Eagles. Shit crowd. 24 points came from tries to Anthony Watmo, Kieran Foran, Jorge Tafua. And Daly Cherry Evans conversions three from three from uh, Jamie Lyon. Uh, Cherry had a shot when uh, when Lyon broke his leg and missed with it, uh, and uh, Jamie Lyon also got a uh, penalty Didn't goal. Actually, break his leg, mate. Uh, I heard the commentators. They said broken fibula, fractured fibula. That's what happened. Cronulla Southern Sharks, 18 points came from tries to Michael Gordon, Andrew Fafita, and uh, Jonathan Wright. Gordon three from three conversions. I thought it was a great effort from from Manly. Um, Fuck the commentators! He specifically Gould went on and on death and riding on them and on about how tired they were and how they couldn't possibly hung on. And they're going to lose for sure. And here then come they the hung sharks. On. Here come the sharks. Here come the fucking sharks. Here come the sharks. I do think the sharks were probably a healthy Todd Carney and maybe a strike centre away from making this even more of a contest than what it was. <laughs> the problem um, is they don't have any injured centres that you would consider a strike centre. <laughs> Who's their strike centre? No, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. They don't have any. Like they could have, they could have produced, they could have produced a healthy Carney, you know, given another week or something. Yeah, yeah. But there's not, there's no. Stri- no, there's no strike the, centers in the club. The cupboard's bare, just like yeah. the trophy cabinet. There's exactly. nothing, there's nothing in there, nothing doing. <laughs> um, yeah, mainly they're tough and they are durable. Um, my only, I think I've got a bit of concern whether these past two weeks could count against them if they have to come from behind. 
in in either this week against South or if they're successful in the grand final. Um, if they find themselves behind and they have to come up with that extra effort, I think it might these past few weeks. Fuck, they've played some tough games. Yeah, and they week, are a tough side. I'm not taking anything away from it at all. But this week they got a full a full turnaround, full 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 week turnaround, and uh, in Donnie we trust. He'll have the, he'll have them fucking ready to go. Tuvi fucked up. The reason why this game was closer than it should have been is because Tuvi fucked up as a coach, and even said in the post in the post match press conference that he was actually shocked. At, you know at how at how actually surprised at how tired they were. So that to me says that he had fucking no idea. You know, and 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 potentially didn't prepare them, you know, easily enough or whatever. You know, keeping that in mind, and so I think adjustments to be made this Pretty week. Light, you know, light training this week. I, you yeah, I saw I, when Lots they were in, when they were interviewing guys after the game, like immediately afterwards, they were like, "Yeah, we're we'll fucking we went to shit. We we'll just you know just rest up and you know, you know, light training stuff like that in the ice baths." Uh, and like they were literally, you know, the way they sport science these days, they were just like in the ice baths off the mm. field, straight in the ice baths and everything. You know, so I think. I think they'll be okay this week, and give and and when you're at such a high level, an extra day or two, like you know, oh, you, you've always had the Monday night turnaround thing, yeah. and like so, an extra day, I mean, is is just you know is, is priceless. So I think given that a full turnaround, yeah, you know, they might have some guys that are sort of niggling injuries and stuff like that, you know, and aren't as fresh as South who've had you know a fortnight off. Sure, but you know, there's advantages to momentum and you know and continual playing as well. Mm. No, I was I thought this was a good game as well. Yep. Um, and a lot's been made about Gallon and, you know, fucking Daniel Wagon. Yeah. You know, luminaries. Yeah. Like Daniel Wagon. Yeah. From the other side of the world, from France. Yeah. Have, have even commented on Paul Gallon complaining. Yeah. I actually didn't have a lot of issue with his comments after the game. I thought he was actually fairly fucking gracious and, in defeat. And gracious, yeah. yeah I, I thought His coach, good. on the other hand. Well, he's a bit wrong. dickhead. Um, there was two points of conjecture as far as the refereeing went. And I didn't have a major problem with either of them. The, the matter of knocking it back to, to what my I didn't see how anyone thought that. You was could see where ball. he was in the air, and you could see where yeah. the ball landed, and it was then yeah, you know, it was might have been ten centimeters behind him, but I mean, yeah, at worst it was directly sideways. Yeah, I mean, it I didn't, to go back to I me. didn't have an issue with that. Yeah, so Phil's won by the by the rules. It was a try. Yeah. Um, and I think there was downward pressure. It was a fucking I, great deal, and he didn't have control. I, I, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, if uh, if the referee, I can't remember who the referee in goal at the time was, but um, if they had have said, uh, we're going to have to look at the grounding, uh, I've got no try, and go upstairs, it wouldn't have been a try. Because there's no... Yeah, definitely not. There's no evidence to say that it was, that it was a try. However... There was no conclusive evidence to say the otherwise either. I think yeah. it's based on the system that we have at the moment where the referee says what he thinks it is and then the person upstairs has to find compelling evidence to overturn what they said or they've got to go with it. And so they they, they were in a position where they've got to go with it. That's that's what it came down to for me. And unfortunately, you know, like it, it, you know, it sucks. Like, I'd be pissed off if that try was given against me. But at the end of the fucking day, we've been ripped off fucking a dozen times this year by cunts saying... That it's no try, and it goes upstairs, and it's clearly a fucking try. You know it's a try, but the referees upstairs can't say, you know, you know, oh, it's because of this conclusive evidence, and so they don't rest. like that fucking Perinara disallowing Matai try against South at time. I mean, yeah, that, look, I, I we were even on that one. I now. didn't really have a great issue with either decision, and I, I thought Paul Gallen was actually quite good, um, you know, and and as he said, you know, they wanted to didn't want to go down without a fight and they certainly put up a fight um, and their fans should be very proud of them for their effort but um, I just think 
they're probably it's it's a really sad state of affairs that getting Blake Ferguson at some point might actually get him over the hump. Blake fucking Ferguson of all people. Yeah. yeah. Well, they yeah. need a center that they had. Yeah. And then he's you know arsehole them and then and he's and he's that's, and he's pissed and shit all over the establishment on the way out the door. I can't. I couldn't imagine fans wanting. But just it's so funny. Fans these days they get so fucking caught up with winning and comps. That I've seen fifty percent of the Cronulla fans that I follow on Twitter are like, "Fucking come on back, Blake." How how caught up with winning comps could Sharks fans be? <sighs> well, I mean, they haven't had one, so you Fuck think the they th- know about you it. You think the thirst would be a lot greater, given that they don't know well, what it feels I like. I mean, really? How thirsty can you be for something you've never had? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm exceptionally thirsty for fucking like Ivan Strahovski, but you know, never been there. Was she in training? But it would be the best fucking thirty seconds of her life. Let me tell you. She fucked her four times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was in training day, right? No, no, she wasn't. <laughs> Titanic? No. No, no. Fuck. You'll see the tweets come in. People out there know. They fucking know. They know and they agree. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> they want me. Yeah, you know, I mean, mean, I can understand a Western Suburbs Magpies fan having a thirst for wooden spoons. Because they yeah. know all about those. But not Parramatta. Having but... thirst for Premiership, give me a fucking break. Well, yeah, so they just, they just want it really bad, and they're prepared to overlook all fucking possible principles that they may have to allow Blake Ferguson to come would, back and welcome if, him back with open arms. Put it. Would, let me ask you this. Let's say, and, and I know that it's a hypothetical, mm-hmm. do you think Bulldogs fans would be more likely to welcome Sonny Bill back than Sharks fans are to welcome Blake Ferguson back, or the other way around? I reckon Sharks fans would probably be more likely to to welcome the player back because he shat on him on the way out. But he didn't. There was there's a lot of extra stuff with Sonny Bill and like it was contract breaking and everything. Like like as far as I can recall, I mean Blake Ferguson was just like end of the contract, sign with the new place, and then he just fucking spoke shit on the way out. He didn't like breach contract and all this fucking you know disappear, go overseas, you know all the drama. But knowing the player, yeah, like the Sonny Bill is, well, imagine yeah, if. He hasn't re-signed with the Roosters, right? Imagine all of a sudden, and I, again, hypothetical. Yep. Imagine. He signed with the Okay, dog, Bulldogs yeah. are like, okay, let's make a play for Sonny Bill. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon if he signed on the line. I reckon they'd come around pretty fans quick. Had, fans had fucking turn it around pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Blake Ferguson's got the extra baggage of being a fucking tool bag as well and potentially someone that could, you know, get drunk and pick up a chick like a bowling ball and lose half a season, mm. at least. He's got form, allegedly. Exactly. Allegedly. Yeah, so, you know, but I mean, like, I put myself in this, in this situation. It's like, oh, yeah, Des Hassel's going to come back to me. Fuck that shit. Dead to me, cunt. Never coming back, ever. Ever. Not welcome. What about Jeff Toovey, hypothetical again, Jeff Toovey takes Manly to a wooden spoon. A fucking wooden spoon, Nathan, of which you've never known. There's 17 players that have to take fucking responsibility for that as well as a coach. Jeff Tuvey gets punted. Sea Eagles on the lookout for a high-profile coach. Des Hasler back to the fold. No. The fan base Fuck after a wooden spoon. They'll be like, Desi, love you all over again. Fuck that shit. I'd rather have fucking Brian Smith. Wow. Right, eh? Let's move on. <laughs> I'd rather have Ricky Stewart. I think you've just ended that conversation. <laughs> yeah, see, exclamation see point. that's the thing. There are people with principles... Who draw a line and say never again, motherfucker? And then there's a and then, sharks. and then there's the sharks fans it's like, yeah, oh Blake, come on in here. <laughs> so you know, fuck that shit. No, never. Um, 
The game itself, mainly a legendary. Um, the cl- closeness of the game came from you came from the fatigue that uh, that set in probably you know fifty minutes you know into the game, and I think um, you know Carney would have been good you know obviously good for the Sharks, but Brett Stewart would have been amazing for for Manly as well, and they would have scored a lot more tries in the first half. Cherry Evans turned out to be the man of the match and did some amazing shit down the stretch, especially his kicking game. You know when we were making no ground on sets at all, rucking it out of our own, he'd just you know rake a kick all the way down you know ten meters out and at least give us something to work with on the you know in defence, um, which is fantastic. Um, he was very fucking selfish in the early running, though. Like some of the stuff he did, and the, just the dumb plays he did, where you know, just just catch and pass, man. Don't try and you know beat a defender and then pass it at the end of that, and you know the thing gets shut down. There's probably two or three tries that were you know bombed or indirectly bombed, you know, just through silly play. But he calmed it down though, probably you know 20 minutes in, and then the stuff he did from that point on was uh, was all quality. Um, now Twitter, Shunter 86 with a hiku haiku, no Stuart, no chance. Hodoring little pep sharks. Hiku will carve up. And he did. Sweet Nigel B with a Hiku haiku. Of course. Hiku's first season. Maybe the strongest debut since 1908. Fucking Jesus. (laughs) They're getting worse. (laughs) Underscore fluffy fish underscore. (laughs) There was a rift. Hiku rose above it all. DCE suck it. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Nita beat her. <laughs> Mustache so boyish, <laughs> but plays like a fucking beast. Better than hot sauce. <laughs> Fuck you. How dare you? This is one. This is your favourite one. A tiger underscore Benji. <laughs> Ordinary player. I'd say I'm not impressed, but I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, there's a lot of these. Um, Fubar underscore 84. Glenn loves the hiku. Polynesian Adonis. Tafur is too. <laughs> <laughs> then we've got Unky D he said uh, oh here we fucking go Dally M, Dally M Cherry Evans medal winner question mark what what Dally where M does Cher- go with the Dally M's they what? must when are they on next week uh, yeah or the one after they're on a Tuesday night aren't they fuck I'm sure I remember giving it to Jonathan Thurston in the first week of the 2005 final series because he'd won the Dally M during the week well, there's that curse, remember? They always go to the curse. You know, Orford had the curse and in 2008. Orford had the curse of being a cockhead. Yeah, he's premiership winner. 2008, 40-0. Greatest premiership winner of all time. He's got that to hang his hat on, if nothing else. He, I don't you know. <laughs> who, cares, who remembers his miserable game and a half down there in Canberra <laughs> after a shitful time in Bradford? <laughs> Not me. Didn't come back there. Um... And so, yeah, and he said, oh, also, hash Tigers in decline, hash Admit It Glenn, hash Eagle Rock, hash Exotic Names Rock. So Glenn is a Glenn with a smile. At Solzy, what a great game of footy. After two wars on the field, if the Seagulls can get through next week, it'll be a miracle. Mr. Nielsen, 27. Thanks, Jeff Robson, for your kicking game. Cronulla played with plenty of pep, but we're a bit unlucky. And I've gone and thrown a hash at ref's fault in there as well. Um... And that's that's the thing we didn't mention as well. Not Jeff Robson, but your mate, fucking Johnny Morris. <laughs> Is that one of the best fucking Paul Carriage-esque brain explosions we've ever seen in the history of football? I just, I find it, it, he knew because at the end of the game, oh, I made contact with him. I don't think I made enough contact with him to knock him over. No, it was the fact that you fell and dragged him to the ground with you. <laughs> and then he said, oh, I hope, you know, I hope no one sees it as, you know, as costing us the game. 
kind of did. Well, well it kind of cost yeah, you the chance yeah, to go on board it. Yeah, we basically stopped the try being awarded <laughs> yeah. and probably converted giving Michael Gordon's accuracy. And given it was like 10 metres to the left of the uprights. Um, Johnny. Yeah. Cooper Cronk. Tim Sheens once said John Morris was going to be the West Tigers Cooper Cronk. What the fuck was he thinking when he's he said that shit? He's not thinking. The man is on all sorts of... He's high on crack cocaine and cocaine is a powerful drug, Nathan. It is. It's a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug? Fuck, yeah. I even fucked up that reference. God damn it! <laughs> Uh, at Hammers H4MMERZ I'm by no means a manly fan but fuck me dead they play the game with some intensity they really do shame their fans are gronks yes I agree wholeheartedly Queenslander 22 I could name 20 of them that are complete and utter fuckwits that I've met personally <laughs> Queenslander 22 you boys were right last week karma does exist Morris felt dirty about last week and set the record straight go manly uh, at Devonhead can't wait to see Cronulla players dressed up as urine samples for Mad Monday. <laughs> That's a magnificent tweet. Uh, Benny27. If Cronulla never win a comp and Gallon stays with them, greatest player never to win a ring? Top three at least. That's a fucking... That's a question for you guys to think about. Greatest player who didn't win a comp. Mm. See, I, mean, I think of guys like who deserved it through... Not through, you know, if they achieved the massive heights of the game. Pat O'Doherty. See, I was thinking, like, you know, someone like Hindmarsh. The Trevor fucking, Cogger. The toilet. Trevor Cogger never won a comp. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't even win 50% of the games he played in. There's certain prerequisites in place. Um, <laughs> certain, certain hurdles you must overcome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, he of the golden brown chest hair and the golden testicles yeah. did not overcome the winning percentage hurdle. Yeah. Well, you think of guys like Ben Kennedy. He won a comp, but he didn't win a comp with the fucking when he deserved it. With Manly. Where he richly deserved it. <laughs> like, he won a comp back for those other fucking... <laughs> Roid freaks, but... <laughs> um, need a beat play most of his career there. Where's that? At Newcastle? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. A couple of years last. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he deserved it with Manly for the things ben he did Ben Kennedy for us. single-handedly turned around the fortunes of the Manly club. Yeah, pretty much. Him and Brent Kite, I reckon. You give a lot of fuck. And Jamie Lyon. Those three guys, probably the lion's share, in my opinion. Pardon the pun. Brent Kite, Brent Kite I think he was, uh, he's uh, you know, very underrated, like uh, the role that he's, uh, that he's played over the years. But uh, the leadership role and stuff. But, but yeah. yeah, that Ben Kennedy, yeah. I just remember that was a turning point for me as far as Manly becoming that type of side. Yeah. The intensity oh. and he was, and he, was he passed it down to Watmo. He was a turning point for Watmo, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. it's um yeah, that that's where I think my it's certainly in my perspective of Manly yeah. as being that tough, intense side. Yeah. That's the Ben Kennedy time was, and he bought and he bought into it as well. I mean, like you know, he considers himself you know to this day like you know, Manly's the club, and you know he still he rocks up to all the you know, Manly games at Suncorp and yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, come yeah. on, son. You go and do his fruit shop over there at Albany Creek, and you fucking talk Manly with him. He fucking loves it. Yeah, loves it. Nights he just fucking he just spits on the ground. Raiders, fucking Raiders. What? He's like fucking dear bullshit. I didn't play there. Oh, because you were fucking off your head on ecstasy. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Need a beat. I said, uh, Dear Sharks fans, shut the fuck up about the refs, you fucking hypocrites. Enjoy Bali and your Asada bands. Your tears are delicious. That's a such a fucking gronk, man. I, I, I love that. That's a fantastic tweet. A Devonhead, who would have ever have thought Manly would be the people's team headed into a prelim final? I know, Trotters, I know. 
I'm amazed too. It's funny how cheating and ref biasness and everything like that has just beaten the public down like week after week after week. And like, especially with the referees, it's they just smashed their own teams. Everyone's feeling pain because their own team got smashed in some way from referees. And so they see the favoritism towards a team like South and they're just like, fuck those guys. <laughs> and so now it's like mainly, mainly the people's champs. Um, they'd be more the people's champs if the Storm had a one last week, I think. I think Newcastle split a bit of the vote, but you know they'll be out of it soon enough. Um, Karim Karan said, John Morris is an absolute champion. Love his work, and I think everything he does is quality. <laughs> hash go manly, hash peptides in decline. And finally, Jeremy underscore Jack01 said, uh, what a victory for the mighty manly Seagulls against the Tigers, 2010 reserves. He's got hash for feeder Morris, Ryan, Hino, Ashford... <laughs> Fairly accurate. And then he's gone, hash, E-A-D-G. And then later on, he sent us a tweet that said, hash, E-A-D-G, stands for Eater Dick Glenn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, next up, the uh, second game on the weekend, the Newcastle Knights, 18, defeated the Melbourne Storm, 16, down there at Amy Park in uh, in Melbourne. A, a monumental upset. Uh, the Knights, they had tries to the Uate Parte, Chris Houston and Matt Hilda, Tyrone Roberts, three from three conversions, and the Storm. Maurice Blair, Sisawaka, Jesse Bromwich scored tries, and Cameron Smith, two from three conversions. Yes. Melbourne Storm. I was... Uh, I expected more of them, and I think they were very disappointing. Um, probably for the first... Certainly in large parts for the first 60 minutes. Made a lot of uncharacteristic errors. Yep. And um, I think basically that's what put paid. Um, you know, they came home with a, with a wet sail and it did look a lot like they were going to come over the top of Newcastle. But um, I just think those errors that allowed Newcastle to um, take the game by the scruff of the neck really cost Melbourne at the back end of the game. Um, Billy Slater. He's a sook. First of all. The penalty that he drew, um, from which Melbourne scored, were scored in the next couple of tackles, um, for being taken out. Yeah. How many other players get that penalty? None. Zero. Very, very few players in the NRL get that call. Literally zero. Then, Uade's try should have been a motherfucking eight-point try. Mm-hmm. That's a shoulder charge every day of the week. And people wanted to talk about Michael Gordon's challenge on Tafua. Which was pretty much the same thing, actually. I, I disagree. I think Gordon's one was front on. Front Still on. So he's hit him with his chest. Didn't you? He, did, he, he did, did brace his arms yeah, in front of him. Yeah, he didn't wrap the arms. I think fucking, your shoulder charge is not in your sternum. Yeah, I still think that. Your shoulder is not in your sternum, right? Steve Mathai does that to someone and he stays on the field? I fucking think not. True. Textbook. He does exactly the same as Gordon did it. Which speaks no. to reputation, which is my point. Yeah. But the perception of Billy Slater's reputation is is askew, as far as I'm concerned. Because regardless of what you think about anything Matt was doing or the Michael Gordon challenge on Tafua, that was a shoulder charge every fucking day of the week. And he does stuff like that every fucking every, game of every the year. Every game. Every game. And not one word was spoken about it. No. Nope. And players were going up to referee, querying it. Yep. Nah. And they want to throw, they want to throw like, you know, your Steve Matthews and, you know, Ennis's and, you know, Richie Fosos and Jeff Lima, who is a fucking dead set grub. I mean, they'll throw, they'll throw these guys under the buses. Billy Slater is 100% worse than all of those guys combined. 
Week in, week out. Could you imagine? I'm going to say he's the grubbiest fucking player in the if NRL. If he was cited yeah. for every single one of those incidents, yeah. how many fucking representative jerseys would he have? Yeah. Not many. No. Because no. eventually the NRL would go, wow, this guy's reputation is not conducive to, to being a superstar of the game. Exactly. Really? I mean, with the exception of John Hoppawati, he's pretty much the biggest grub that's ever happened in the game. Look, I'm going to let you say that. I just think that... We talk about consistency. We talk about consistency from players mm-hmm. on and off the field. We talk yep. about consistency from referees. Yep. Um, but consistency in decisions by the powers that be about indiscretions on the field. Yep. It shouldn't come down to a player's... Again, it, it, it's like you say, oh, it's not his go. Yep. Well, it fucking is his go. Yeah, it's, it's very much so. Minimum 20... Different examples of sliding feet first into tackles, horse kicking John Scandalous while he's on the fucking ground. Karate kicking guys while he's fucking up taking a bomb. Shoulder charging, you know, players when... It's illegal to shoulder charge, we all know that. Broke David Williams' neck. <laughs> fucking... Allegedly. It, well, it happened, it's on the record, his neck was broken. And Billy Slade was holding it, I mean, you do the math. Exactly, oh, you know... Yeah. You don't need to be fucking CSI... <laughs> To work that out exactly. I mean, you fucking got the crime. The, the crime scene's all laid out for you. It's on national television. Exactly. Um, you wouldn't normally pick a, a Wayne Bennett coach side to be the fairy tale team of any season. Generally, they're at the at the pointy end, yep. um, and you know one of the most consistent teams. That's it's what he's known for is consistency. And I have to say, the Knights haven't been all that consistent this year. The Knights have, have only learned to play under the Wayne Bennett system over the last four to Fort six night. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as fairy tale teams goes, the Knights are checking all the boxes. They've got the no one thinks we can do it mentality. Yep. Uh, they've got the retiring fucking hero. Yep. Padiris, even though he's only come back this year, but let's not mention that. Yeah. Um, they've got you know fucking enigmatic Probably. superstar. They've got. Yeah, I was talking about Darius Boyd just in case you're wondering. I thought you were, I was going to say sex pest, and I was like, I was thinking like, you know, that'd be a Craig Gow. But well, yeah, but BJ, <laughs> BJ, Darius Boyd. Fuck, actually got a lot of those, haven't they? Wow, hang on a sec. <laughs> it's a whole new tangent. Really amazing. Um, that's another point on Slater. Do you remember all those years ago when he had his face fucked up? Yeah, and um, it was like he'd have. Reconstructive sort of shit going on. Yep. You'd think if anyone was yeah. going to not like try and tape people's fucking heads off with their knees or feet or yep. shoulders, yep. it'd be him. I, I don't know. Maybe he's on some sort of vendetta. I just think he's such a competitor. He just doesn't give a fuck. The Storm, the storm are played. Stone you know, Cold Killer. They're trained to be, yeah, like emotionless, you know, hook an arm, hook a leg, knee bar. You know, all those sorts of, you know, sort of like, you know, got, you know, gee chokes, like, you know, collar chokes and stuff like that. All that shit. That's what they're trained to do and they just do it. Like, you know. I like the Newcastle story. I think the the whole Bennett thing has come to fruition yeah. a bit later than what people expected it to. But they seem to be buying into it now. Yeah. And yeah. the problem I have with Newcastle, it's not a problem that it's not, I don't have a problem with them. But the, 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 the thing that I see them not really, you know. Producing is, I just don't think they're as good. I just don't think they're very good. I think like they they played with a lot of fucking heart and they really like jumped out of the gates with enthusiasm at the start of this game mm-hmm. and still are, despite all that, they had nothing to show for it. But um, I just I just don't think that I think the Storm were like they they, just, they looked tired. Um, they looked in decline, quite but frankly. What? 
what do the knights have, or what don't the knights have that the dragons had when they won the comp? The dragons had fucking same fullback. Yeah, same fullback. Gagai and and Leilua are you, you know I mean Cooper and I guess Cooper and Gaznia probably they're not they're not they're not Cooper and Gaznia no. And to um, be fair, they're not they're not Jennings. I mean, they're probably they're, you know they, they've probably got SKD covered, but I mean they're not Jennings either, and they're definitely not Lion and Matai. True. Um, and then you've got the eight. I mean, you've got experience, but there's a lot well, of I was age. Speaking of it from a Wayne Bennett side, <clears throat> yeah. specifically, right? Their, their forwards would be every bit what the fucking Dragons were. Yeah, they're, still they've got both Scott and Jeremy Smith. There's half a pack there. Yeah. <laughs> Kicking yeah, games like, better. Jared Mullen. Greater than yeah, James but Howard. I mean Jamie Sauer. Yeah, you know, he he had the kicking game back then too. I mean he was peaking back then. I just so. I don't know that they're a million miles away from where the Dragons were and they won the comp. Yeah, with games granted they were more consistent through the season. Yeah, but where they're at right at the moment. Better defence, I thought. That's what it all came off. Remember? Mm, yeah, I'll give you that. All right. I just, and there I just, and there I think, it is. I asked you a question. You gave me an answer. And I, th- and I think that I think the, the I think the Knights are just they're, they're they're a couple of years past what that dragon size was too. Like just a you know the the age thing and yeah, there's experience in there. But I think they I think guys like Padaris. I think he's he's two hundred eighty six years. He's past that. He's past the stage where like it's golden experience and he's still got you know years to give. He's yeah. he's, de- he's any taken player his, whose birth certificate says BC on it. He's taken his last gasps as a fucking yeah. rugby league player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so you know you wouldn't put him up against any hooker. You know, that's left in the comp. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of areas where I, th- I think they they don't match up, but they seem to be playing with like a kind of a you know like a purpose or you know you know community you know yeah. communal spirit sort of thing uh, that that's making them better than what they should be. I tell you what, if it's a close game against the Roosters, yep. You'd back in an evenly matched game mm-hmm. uh, that that's fairly fairly refereed. Yep. Um, and it came down to whose fan base could get the team over the line. Oh yeah, nice all day. There's forty busloads of these motherfuckers. They're already out, but they're out. They're out buying the tickets. You know, like four to one or something, from what I hear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a home game for the Knights. You know, crowd wise, vibe wise. That's a it's a big factor for them. And also, this is this is our thing. I mean, you know, we'll get into the previews later on. Let's go. Let's just let's finish season, and we'll go because we're starting to talk about it next week. So we'll um, go through the, the tweets from these this game first, uh, the Storm game. The first one, Sweet Ninety B with sensation, sensational tweet. It's another Hiku haiku for this game. Where's Peter Hiku? This game would be much better with Peter Hiku. Footy facts thirty-seven. Can Jason, you just imagine Nigel sitting on his couch in his undies. Watching movies because that's about all he does after he gets back from JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. Sitting down with a quill. Why does everyone have to be in their undies? <laughs> because that's. I'm just saying that's what nerds do. You're rel- you're rel- Curtis. You're Curtis rel- would be doing the same thing. You're, you're a relentless sex pest. That's what basically what it is. I'm not really. I just you know. I'm starting to think you're just broadening your horizons. I mean, like the Polynesian thing hasn't really worked out for you. So yeah, it's I'm just basically on a pulse. Nerds. It's just a pulse, really. That's about your only prerequisite. I've moved on from Polynesians to nerds. Jason Riles gives away so many penalties, they must sexually excite him, says Footy Facts 37. <laughs> ah, Popsh. Old BJ Leilua, what a fucking dirt box. He'd be the sort of bloke to bash his missus. Oh, wait, what? Hash, my bad. So, do you want to talk about BJ? When old mate went down with the accidental head clash, ended up with a broken jaw, didn't he? Then he, he, did. he was laid out in the ground, and BJ came up. Had some choice words to say. I didn't catch what he actually was saying to the guy, though. Did you catch what he was saying? No, he was a fuckhead. I don't he was, know. Just, he was just, just gronking off. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's what I thought. What? Yeah. what? 
I don't give a fuck what has happened. Yeah. There's a play lying prone on the ground. Yeah. Just, just, what are you going to do that for? Yeah, I mean, like, I... It just, it just, there's no other, there's no other conclusion you can draw about Joey or BJ or Joseph, whatever the fuck his name is this week. Yeah. Other than the fact that he's clearly a fuckwit. See, if it were, if it were, if it were Why me... Why didn't he take photos of Jesse Bromwich and send them to his mates? Well, well take his clothes off first. Yeah, well, you know... You know awkward on the field? If I were on the field, I wouldn't treat it any differently to, you know, being in the stands. I'd just start singing, dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole. That's all I'd do. I mean, like, I wouldn't just gronk off on the guy. There you go. It's more in common between you and BJ Lelua <laughs> than on you. Other than the fact that you don't mind sending naked photos of... Uh, no. Now, so made it fucking hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> Drew underscore Nathan five. I have to give him a shout out. Uh, he didn't tweet these to us, but he was absolutely off the chain in this Melbourne. He Storm really game. was, eh? He's a Newcastle Knights supporter, and I've never seen anybody get so loose on Twitter during a game. And so I just put a couple of tweets of his down here just to just to encapsulate what I thought was his night. Um, this one said, uh, "I've only got seventeen percent battery left. Lucky for you, Melbourne. Lucky for you, Melbourne, because you're all cunts, and I hate your parents for breeding you. Your grandparents too." And then, wow. and then he, then another, another, another sample from his uh, vast catalogue of tweets from the night. Slater is a dumb fuck. He lives to suck horse cock, and when he goes to bed at night, it's in, it's in Craig Bellamy's cunt. <laughs> Like Bear grills when he goes to sleep in that carcass. It's like the, it's like fucking it's like, it's like the aristocrats I was showing you before. <laughs> uh, Blue underscore Beaver. News just in from the NRL Commission: the Big Three have been downgraded to the Moderate Three. Ash <laughs> Purple Cheats in decline. Shana eighty six. Fuck Cronulla and Melbourne gone. My bet on Asterisk to win the Premiership's gone belly up. <laughs> uh, Mister Nielsen twenty seven. The Purple Cheats gone despite the refs' best efforts towards the end of the game. Poor Melbourne said no one ever. Ash real talk. And finally, uh, Matthew Boyle Matt at Matt Jim Frank B. Oh crap! I await the rapture any day now. Glenn finally makes an accurate prediction. Knights as dark horses. Oh fuck! That's a bit harsh, isn't it? He just gave I'm you a well respected. Or well liked, or well well listened to. <laughs> Not really? <laughs> well, asterisk <laughs> host yeah. of the number one rugby league podcast on the planet. How fucking dare you, yeah. sir? Well respected, loved <laughs> asterisk asterisk asterisk. Anyway, so that's it. That's the last week for that game, and um, you know, cheers, good uh, Good upset, and it brought a bit of interest to that side of the draw because I think everyone was, you know, expecting, you know, it's going to be okay, Melbourne East, mm. and, you know, top four, top four, and, you know, split both sides, and, you know, that sort of thing. So it's brought at least someone from the bottom four has got up, and it's brought a little bit of interest uh, into that side of the draw. Previews for week three of the finals, the prelim finals this weekend, Friday and Saturday. And the first one, as always on Friday night, South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles at ANZ Stadium. This one, it's Friday night football. It's the kickoff at 7.45pm, which means expect kickoff around 8.05, 9 Channel 9. <laughs> the referees, Ben Cummins and Jared Sutton. So, you know, it's a very fucking positive sign for Manly. That Shane Hayne is not refereeing this game. Because Shane Hayne is probably a six to eight point advantage towards the Rabbitohs in any game he referees. So, the sides. 
as you'd expect, I mean, you know, Souths have had a lot of time to rest up. Um, they have, do have an extended bench with Ben Lowe, Luke Keary, and uh, Matt King sitting over there. But I can't imagine they'd be having too many injury concerns, um, considering they didn't really have any last time we saw them. Do you think Manly purposely held Brett Stewart up for this game? Uh, to my to my knowledge, they did not. But I did get a text after the game from someone who was in the sheds uh, who spoke to Brett Stewart, and Brett told him that he was definitely playing the game. And so I think this is what happened Friday night. I think I got it maybe Saturday morning. So um, so yeah. So he was he was always going to play this game. Um, they've the way they've played it out in the media is like, oh, you know, he's he's passed a, a, a fitness test, and you know, he should be right to go. And maybe this. I mean, it's the story the story I heard is that he was he was always going to play this game, and which means he must have been close to playing the last one as well. But um, it does if if he was purposely held back. I mean, it does speak to the, the, the belief and the confidence in the side that yet yeah, this week would actually be happening. Mm. And so, you know, so they could hold him back, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, when you think, you know, when you've got a feeling that, you know, yeah, it might not be, you know, each week's do or die, which it was, you know, to hold back, you know, a, a statistically important player to, to the, the size of victory chances. Exactly. So I guess, the, I guess they, you know, if they held him back, they hold him back to this week to make sure that he's okay for this weekend in the grand final rather than yeah. risk blind, you know, blind him out this, you know, last week. I think if he, if he wasn't playing, the Seagulls would be no hope. I don't think they'd be a, they'd have the strike power to get over the top of the Rabbitohs. But the fact that he is there and um, not just his try-scoring ability but all the other intangibles that he, he brings to the side is such an integral part of what they do. Um, it certainly makes the Seagulls a much brighter prospect as far as taking out the game. I just, I think the extra rest is going to help the Rabbitohs. I think they're the type of side with their big forwards probably would benefit. Oh, I think physically they they'll benefit such from a the structure. rest. They don't need, the Tigers always play shit, full stop. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, over the years, the Tigers have always played, after a week off, like coming off a bye, yep. they've always played poorly because yep. they're the type of side that plays you know, with a lot, their game uses a lot of timing, yep. and 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 that can go in a week. Yep. You know, or having a fortnight off and relaxing, and, yep. and not having that. You know, having you fucking that constant sharpening. Yep. Of, of games week to week, I think the Rabbitohs play with with a, a certain amount of structure, and they play with a big forward pack, and um, they will certainly benefit from a week off. Um. I think it's probably going to come down to whoever plays better out of English and Stewart. Um, yeah, I think they're, really. they're two, two different two different players in in the contribution. Oh, very to, much so, but I think they're, they're equally as important to their respective teams. And um, English probably more so um, to the Rabbitohs slightly. If I had to give an edge, I'd probably give it slightly to English as far as um, Brett Stewart. His importance is is probably slightly diluted given the quality of the players. Um, around him, like Lyon, Four and Cherry Evans, whereas Inglis has got probably Reynolds, Sutton, and you probably give Burgess a run in that company. But um, there's a few guys that, that fit well in the South structure, but as far as out-and-out superstars, yep. um, Manly probably have the edge. So it's a tough one, mate. I don't think I'd like we... to see the Eagles in for you. Um I think South might just get them though. I don't think the week is going to be good for the South. I think the South, you know, I think they'll they'll suffer from the week. Manly, the nucleus of that side have been there, done it before, won sure. premierships together, and everything like that. So this this type of level of play is not new to them, mm. but it is very new 
to the occa- a lot of, the to most of, yeah to most of the players. So it's the whole occasion thing. I think Manly will be very grounded in that respect. Um, I mean, clearly when you run, you know, you look over the sides. I mean, Manly's got them across the park. Um, the only chance Souths have is uh, one, the NRL and Channel Nine's <laughs> dictate, you know, edict that that it must be South East Grand Final. That that's that is a big thing to overcome. Um, and and if Manly do it, it'll be they'll have to win by plenty, I think, to to really you know give it no chance of being enforced. Um, and the other thing is just you know if if fatigue becomes an issue, that's you know they um you know it shouldn't really at this at this point you know given the preparation, I would say that they probably would only do a little bit of fine tuning this week and wouldn't have been you know training too hard. It would have been all based on recovery. Uh, but you know. That's that's a that's a big intangible because you got to remember there's a couple of things with these games. I mean, they're, they're, a lot's been made of our Manly against you know teams in the top four, especially East and uh, and South. But they played they played those sides a lot of the times, missing you know like Brett Stewart probably hasn't played against any of those sides. If you mm. know maybe one of the five games this season, he's played in against one of those two sides and things like that. I mean, when you look at the statistics and the winning records and everything around that. That's a massive factor, and so I think that uh, you know, getting them you know as close to full strength as we're going to manage at this stage of the season, given season-ending injuries, I mean, this is you know as good a chance as they've got. And and you've got to remember, last time until the referees fucked up the ass, Manly were dominating the game. So I'm thinking South Manly thirteen plus, <laughs> and it's going to be some. Oh my god, be prepared, build an arc, because fuck me, there'll be some tears. The yeah, NRL, Channel 9, and Rabbits fans. There'll be riots in Redfern. Don't go anywhere near Central I wouldn't Station. Be, I wouldn't be sad to see Manly win. Um, more so for you, but also they're a very tough side, um, and they, they probably epitomise... They deserve it. ...the style of finals finals football that you, that I like to see. So. And, and, and I want to paraphrase um, a great supporter of Manly, uh, Bones. He, he did a tweet earlier today where he said... Look, as Manly fans, we deserve this. We've waited two long years since our last premiership. I mean, you know... We, that guy's a fuckhead. We deserve it. He's and, a fuckhead. And we had to wait three years for the one before that. I mean, these... The, you know, we, we've waited patiently and we deserve a premiership, quite frankly. And uh, so, you know, the team will deliver for us. Amen. Next. The Chookies, Sydney Roosters, are taking on the Newcastle Knights at Allianz Stadium... More Park. This one's another 7.45 uh, kickoff on uh, Channel 9, of course. And this one, Shane Hayne and Ashley Klein. Jesus. Fucking both sides in question can be thankful that they're not playing South because that combination there is probably 16 points for South right there. <laughs> 16 point plus 16 for South. Video referee, you got Bernard Sutton in there as well. And I mean, that guy. Fuck, get Stevie Wonder in there. He'd do a better job. Yeah, well. Get Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles. Has been uh, medically certified as being blind. Exactly. So, you know, I'd like to see the fairy tale continue for the Knights, but who wouldn't? I just, I just can't see that. Can't see it happening. I think the Roosters are. You know, they got some players that are a big game players. I mean, they they got some players that can go fucking missing too. Don't get me wrong, mm. but I just like to think that they're well prepared enough on this occasion. I, I just wonder if. It, Mitchell Pearce has played in a grand final before, and so the whole thing about and he him, does and and he does choke on every big stage that he's given. He's one of those guys. Having said that, they've won 
They've won semi-finals and made it to a grand final before. Yep. I mean, you could argue the competition they they beat to get to the, that grand final wasn't great. Well, I mean, some teams they needed, you know, a better part of fucking two football games to get past Nathan. Yeah, that's you right. Know, I don't want to say too much, but, but I when, say West Tigers. When it came down to it, I mean, now they breezed it in, didn't right they? Right Premiers. You didn't, they didn't win that golden point by, by a field goal, did they? Went for the try and got it. Yes. <laughs> yes, I remember that Superb now. Superb cut out pass from Liam Fulton, cut out everyone on his own team. <laughs> Straight to two dads. <laughs> I just... If Wayne Bennett can out-coach Trent Robinson and come up with some game plan that can counteract the, the talent chasm between these two sides, um, I think that's the Knights' only chance. I think there's too much too much class throughout that Rooster side for the Knights on a big day like this. Um, I don't think Sonny Bill's going to be overruled by the occasion. James Maloney has already shown, certainly on origin, um, that he can step up to the mark, as has Michael Jennings. Um, letters will be up for a fight. So he's not going to shy away from a, from a physical battle either. So it probably comes down to uh, Wayne Bennett and Willie Mason, I think. If Mason can can take some of the sting out of the Roosters' forwards and Bennett can come up with a game plan that um, where the Knights can get under the Roosters' skin and, and, and jag out a close victory, then all credit to them. But I just I think there's too many what-ifs in there and I think the Roosters have got too much class. Yeah, I mean, the Roosters should win this on paper. I mean, you know, the Knights, though, if you look back to the game, uh, Manly versus uh, the Roosters, the, I mean, the Roosters' attack can be shut down very easily. And so if the Knights bring the same sort of defensive intensity that they, they had against the Storm, you know, they might be able to minimise point score. I mean, I don't know if they've got the firepower to, you know, get a great deal of points either, though. Mm. But I think that, you know, that with passion and... This and man whose side was beaten 4-0 or whatever. It's, it's I, don't think they, I don't think the Knights have got that kind of... But, you know, the Knights as the well. The Knights haven't got the firepower to score more than zero points. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but also, but also the Knights, you know, Wayne Bennett would have learned, learned from the Manly game and said, um, you know, if the Roosters, every time they're on their goal line, every time you look like you've got an overlap and they're just going to concede a penalty, the refs aren't going to send in players yeah. for repeated infringements in final series. The Roosters have learned that. So just take the pot shots at the goal. I mean, Manly should have won that game 12-4, quite frankly. They should have pot shot at the penalty goals if they had the chances. You know, and I think if they had the time again, they probably would have done so. But, um, you know, the Knights, you think you think that fucking Wayne Bennett is averse to winning games with fucking penalty goals? Motherfucking no. coach Jamie Soward. Exactly. I mean, he's all for that. I mean, how many times was the first scoring play in a St. George game coached by Wayne Bennett? Wayne a Bennett. penalty goal. Wayne Bennett is the prince of penalty goals. Exactly. So, you know, this this game could be one, you know, could be like a game of union, really. Could be <laughs> could be eight points to four in favour of the Knights. You never know. But, um, you know, can they keep that defensive intensity up? Um, you know, if the referees turn against them because they want East South in the grand final, you know, is that a factor? I think if Manly win on Friday night... It might open the refereeing up to maybe be even in this game. Um, if South win, I, I really fear for the Knights in terms in terms of infringements. I think they'll be punished harsh, harshly. I think there'll be a lot of fifth tackle penalties when the Roosters are thirty meters out from their own line after a hard set of defense, hard set of six. Um, so yeah, beware.
That is full time for episode 139. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Why <laughs> you put that picture in my face? Make sure you hit the like button as well and share our posts as we put them up as well. But do not share any posts that Glenn, Glenn Blakely sends you because fuck me, he showed me something that was just disgusting. Um, <laughs> no iTunes reviews this week. So get in there. If you haven't done one, get on the iTunes and This Week in League. Give us a review. Like the 270, 80-odd people that have done in the past. We've got so many reviews. Um, it's fantastic. And it really puts its head and shoulders above a lot of mainstream stuff too. Not even sport. Like, you know, the amount of reviews we got is fantastic. But, you know, keep it up. And we've got new guys. So, you know, get on there. Throw your thoughts up there. Tipping. Troy Schroeder maintains a slim one-point lead with two weeks to go. Three points up for grabs. And... Uh, Looking good, 142 points. Voodoo Rock, 141. Desi's Ducks, 140. Boxcar Jason, 139. Ben Diggity, 138. So let's face it, at this stage, the top three, it will come from the top three. Uh, Troy Schroeder, Voodoo Rock, Desi's Ducks, they're within two points of each other. So obviously it's Troy's to lose, but we'll see. Rounding out the top ten, we have our Big Dan, the Real Jedi, Dougie Williams, 277, and Aussie, 11198. Of course, shop. We still have some minor stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers, plus some Tiger and Tigers in decline shirts as well. Um, so hit uh, thisweekinleague.com, go to the shop, and uh, we're clearing out the Revelation shirts. They're only 20 bucks a piece. Uh, Tigers in decline shirts are cheaper to start with anyway. I think they're only like 30 depending on the size. Um, and yeah, it all has to go. We want to get rid of it. So, and if you spend, was it 50 bucks? You get yes. a stubby cooler as well, chucked in for free. So do it. That's it. You got anything else? Look, I'm looking forward to. Uh, we've had a couple of cracking games in the final series so well, far. Well, yeah, we had six, six games. One. If you think about it, like the one the South and the Storm wasn't wasn't amazing. No, but other than that, it's been some crackers. The Eastern Manly one was a cracker. The Cronulla one, obviously, you know, well, there was you know controversy and everything like that, mm. but it was close as well. Came down to the last seconds. Yep. And then we had the Newcastle one. I mean, they smashed the dogs. And I mean, you know, it wasn't a close game, but they smashed the dogs. So, I mean, you know, there's definitely some merit then, in that game. You know, the upset factor from their game against the Storm was... was yeah, big, yeah. And then the closeness to that, you know, the, the Manly one, yeah. The valiant fucking Rourke's Drift-esque stand that Manly put against the, you know, rampaging Cronulla side. Rourke's you know? Drift. Yeah. Training day? No. Titanic? No. Fuck. You're aware of Rourke's Drift is actually a real-life battle that took place? Yeah, Titanic was real life too, motherfucker. Uh, training day probably Haven't any, any Rourke's Drift? <laughs> any icebergs in Rourke's Drift? <sighs> any water? It's not, many, not many weeks to go. Inherently cold there? <laughs> no, no, no. Anyone in icebox? No, Africa, actually. Chest, chest freezer? <laughs> Something? Fuck. Just oh, keep... Show's finishing on a bad note. Couple of weeks. Jeez, we've been random tonight. <laughs> couple, couple of weeks to go. We've had some random moments. Uh, a couple of weeks to go. Well, you know, traditionally, last episode of the season, we usually, uh, you know, get licked up in the first place, but I think tonight we're fucking... <laughs> we like haven't even we had It's like we have already. Yeah, exactly. What What more can we do? What more damage can and we do? And this is supposed to be a short show. And no, well, it is, you know, it's, it's an hour, 20, hour 27, so, um, you know, it's still like, you know, 35 minutes shorter than... Listening pleasure. Generally. Exactly. So there you go. But we still stretched it out with some random shit. To uh, help pass your uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So enjoy and say thank you. You're welcome.